Turn, if you would, in your Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastics. Ecclesiastics chapter 4. When you're there, say amen. Look with me, if you would, at verse 9. Ecclesiastics 4 and 9. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falls, for he has not another to help him up. I want to share with you this morning from the subject, and some of you may remember this. It used to be an old commercial that was on TV. Some of you are way too young to remember it, but they had this elderly lady that had fallen down. And I want to use that for a subject this morning. Help, I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> Isn't that catchy? Took me hours to think of that. <laughs> Help, I've fallen and I can't get up. What I found over the years concerning addiction is that none of us is good as all of us. And each and every one of us, whether you're addicted to substance or not, God has placed us on the earth to be helpers one of another. And if we don't help one another, and we're going to talk about specifically those who are uh, struggling with and wrestling with addiction, they need our help. Most people don't want to hand out, they want to help hand up. And I'm reminded that when 17 years ago, somebody reached out and helped me up. And then the person that was helped up is now helping others up. So I want you to consider what the Word of God says on this morning. And he says that two are better than one. And I want you to, in your mind's eye, think about someone that you can possibly help who is struggling with addiction. I don't think that any of us don't have at least one in our family that is struggling with addiction. I, I, I've seen it time and time again that mothers are affected by this, fathers are affected by this, grandparents are affected by this, kids are affected by this. But then we have to ask ourselves a question as the body of Christ, what are we doing to help? What are we doing to help, whether we're prayerfully helping, taking someone to a treatment program? You know, one of my favorite sayings is you got to get up off of your do-nothing and do something. Pastor Tony said it earlier today, we can't be just hearers of the word, we have to be doers. And even Jesus himself sent them out two by two. And so whatever Phil Purdy is doing, whatever the other brother is doing in recovery, they need your help. There are people in our community, there are people on our jobs that are struggling with addiction. But because we come to Christ and we think that we're all of that in a bag of chips, we don't help anybody. And you ought to pray every morning, God, bring someone across my path that I can help. Because Jesus, as our, uh, our bigger brother, our older brother, as our Savior, he said, I am a present help in a time of need. And so he wants you and I to be ready to be fishers of men, to be the salt of the earth, to be uh, the light of the world. And so many of us, we've gotten to the place where we're not doing what we should be doing. 
And I heard the songwriter said, only what you do for Christ will last. And at the end of the day, when we stand before God, I don't know about you, but I want to hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And so I'll say it again, none of us is as good as all of us. And God needs each and every one of us to reach someone else. Because as I prayed, he said, I will that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. There are some people that are not on drugs that I think should be on drugs. <laughs> I didn't even mean to say that. but Because all of us are some has-beens, and all of us are some used-to-bees. But for the grace of God, there go I. It may not be you. It may not be in your family. And this is, a, this is a thing that we try to cover up. We try to hide. We don't want everybody to know that, you know, my son is 24 karat crazy. We don't want people to know that they're addicted to drugs and addicted to alcohol. And one of the things we say in recovery, you're only sick as your secrets. And so we need to man up, we need to woman up, and we need to come alongside people and help them. And you will be amazed before you're halfway through when you reach out and try to help someone because it doesn't make them feel good, it makes us feel good. Turn, if you would, in the Bible to, uh, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3. Look at your neighbor and tell him you ought to help somebody. Look at your other neighbor and tell him you ought to help somebody. Uh-huh. 1 Peter chapter 3. Verse 8, finally be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful and be courteous. Be pitiful and be courteous. What we as recovering people don't need is just your sympathy. We don't need you to just, you know, oh, whoa, you know, I'm so sorry that happened to you. What we need is for you to come alongside us to aid, to help, to assist, to love me until I can love myself. Because I don't know about, you know, any other people that are in recovery. When you're down, listen, one of the things we say, from the guttermost to the uttermost, he said, listen, there is no place that God cannot reach down into and pick someone up. No place. But he needs you as the body of Christ, as the members of his body, to be the arms, to be the legs, to be, you know, you know what I'm talking about. He needs you. God is looking for a few good men and women. Somebody that will simply say, here am I, send me. But sometimes we're so busy about other people's business, we're not busy about our Father's business. And as I said, only what we do for Christ will last. And so he says, be pitiful, be courteous. Ask someone. You know that person that's standing on the side of the road with the sign? That's somebody, you know, well, I ain't going to give him no dollar. I'm not going to give him a two dollars because all they're going to do is drink. You might have been that person, but for the grace of God. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's, let's be mindful because there's a song that I like. It says, Jesus in disguise. It may be Jesus that you 
are not reaching out to when you neglect to reach out to people that look differently than what you look. Because everybody that God brings across your path are not going to have a suit and a tie on. They're going to be toe up from the flow up. Huh? From the guttermost to the uttermost. And it could be that that person that God is bringing across your path is the one that he wants you to reach out to. Doesn't make any difference what color they are, you know, uh, how they smell and stuff like that. See, the Bible says we judge according to the outward appearance, but he searches the heart. And so we really need to search our heart this morning and see if we're doing what God has commissioned and commanded us to do. Because I have to truly say that I could do a lot more than I'm doing. You know, sometimes we want to justify what we're doing. Well, God, I go to church, I go to Bible study, you know, I do this, I do that. And, and, and remember that the scripture says, when you're asked to go a mile, do what? Go to. Just say, God, this morning I want to do just a little bit more. I want to I, I get involved just a little bit more in the life of other people. Quit being selfish and self-centered and self-seeking. Because we need to invest in other people's lives. That's where the party's at. That's where the party at. I had somebody to come with me this morning. They're sitting up there in the balcony. And they said, hey, pastor, we'll be sitting up here. I didn't even know you could sit up there. So I waved to them up there. Hey, up there. Is that the special group or something? And, and, and even thinking about that, I would help them but they're too far away. That would be the excuse I would use. They live in the hood. This is the suburbs. Y'all ain't no fun. Uh, <laughs> we have got to quit making excuses why we're not helping people that God is interested in. Got to quit making excuses. And I'm not here to beat you up because Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn but I came that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I've come to stir your spirit up to get up off the pew and get out into the streets and the highways and the byways and to compel them to come and take your seat in the church. That's what it ought to be. You ought to be standing. You got so many people that came into the church that you ought to be standing on the walls because your seat has now been taken. Mm, somebody say amen. Go to Galatians chapter 6. Is anybody hearing me this morning? Because y'all awful quiet. Galatians chapter 6. Let's look at verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which is spiritual... Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if any man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. That's what, that's what my Bible says, even though I'm using the King James Version. It says, brethren, if, if any man be overtaken in a fault, 
You which are spiritual. See, in order for you to reach out to people who are being affected by drugs and alcohol, you first of all got to put on the mind of Christ. Because there's no one that did not cross Christ's path. Even the lady said, if I could touch but the hem of his garment. Let me see, we running from people. We don't want, don't be touching me. They might need to touch you if you're spiritually minded. You might need to uh, be, 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 be spiritually minded. Listen to this, considering yourself. Considering yourself. What if it was you in the situation that someone else has found themselves in? I don't think anybody ever just, you know, came out of the womb or when they were a kid and they say, Mitchell, what do you want to be when you grow up? A crackhead? I don't remember that being said. So I don't think that anybody intentionally grew up to be addicted to drugs and alcohol. I believe that all of us had a desire, and somewhere along the, the, the road, we were overtaken in a fault. I've been to Korea, I've been to Japan, and until I ran into crack cocaine, oh my goodness. And I know that I may not look like a crackhead right now, but believe me, been there, done that, got the t-shirt. You understand? And so I'm not the only cocaine addict or the only alcoholic in the city of Columbus. There are plenty of them out there. And if you and I will reach out and do what God has called us to do, we can turn this city upside down. Turn it upside down. Because you'll find that most people that, I mean, look at Phil Purdy. I don't know whether you, I guess y'all should know it. When I saw that woodwork out there and he told me he did it, I'm like, are you kidding me, Phil? You did this? That's what he does. Huh? It's not who he was. That's what he does. Who he is is a child of the king. Saved by grace. And so your brother that is overtaken in the fault, now watch this because you which are spiritual, you which are spiritual, this work is not for everybody. This work is for spiritual people, people that are led by the Spirit of God. That's who this work is for because that means that I have to get down and get dirty. But our Savior said, I went where they were. He said, why is he eating with sinners and publicans? He said, they that are whole don't need a physician. Isn't that what he said? He said, the sick don't need, a, listen, the well don't need a physician. But the people that are sick, I didn't come to call the righteous. I came to call the sinner. And so we need to get out of our little holy circles and, and get out into the streets and see, can't we find somebody that needs our Savior? So he that's spiritual, let him, watch this, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Don't walk around with the big head like you better than someone else because you're not addicted to drugs and alcohol. Just know it could have been me in that position. It could have been, but for the grace of God. Now, as I said, all of us got some stuff we got to deal with. 
One of my favorite sayings is, Pastor Tony, if you're not working on something, something's working on you. So you may not be addicted to drugs and alcohol, but I guarantee you got something that you're working on. And if you invest in the life of someone else, your problem will become that much smaller. And you won't be thinking about it as much as you do. Now, the word fault means to a defect or an imperfection, a flaw or a failing. A defect or an imperfection. If your brother be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one. It was 15 years ago that some white people restored me. White people. Can you believe that? We were homeless, and they came where we were, and they began to minister. See, I knew the Lord, but I had walked away from the Lord, and they reached out to me, and they showed me love because they must have understood, you know, they must have understood that love has a certain power to it. And they reached out, and you know what they did? They restored me back to the place that I needed to be. Now, let, let's go ahead and get finished because y'all didn't got tired on me. Go to Matthew chapter 25. They didn't give me no water, no, no napkin or nothing. <laughs> they, they knew I was going to be quick this morning, didn't they? Don't give him no water. He'll preach longer. <laughs> I'm joking, Pastor Tony. <laughs> Is that my water? <laughs> I'm knocking stuff over now. This ain't going to make me preach no longer. <laughs> you see that? That water was sitting right over there, and I didn't know it. It's the same way with addicts and alcoholics. They're living two doors down from us at our house, and we don't even know it. Until somebody goes and knocks on the door and says, Is there anything that I could pray for you about? Anything we can pray for you about. You don't need to be in nobody's business, but you need to at least have a spirit of discernment. He that's spiritual, let him restore such a one. So this is not going to be popular because there's a fear that comes with going into the unknown. Because, you know, most of us that struggle with addiction to drugs and alcohol, you know, we're known as thieves and robbers and liars and stuff like that. And who wants to fool with them? Nobody but Jesus. Nobody but Jesus. Matthew chapter 25, and we'll wrap this up. Chapter 25, let's start at verse 35. For I was a hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungry and fed you, or thirsty and gave you to drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took you in, or naked and clothed you? Or when saw we you sick or in prison and came unto you? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, 
Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of these, the least of my brethren, you have done it unto me. That ought to be the, thank you, son. That ought to be the thing that we are reaching for is to hear him say, when you've done it unto them, you've done it unto me. And like I say, I'm not here to win any popularity contest. I'm here to stir your mind up to think about, am I doing what it is that God has called me to do? I believe that all of us have different ministries, but I believe that there's some people that are not involved in anything. And so even if it's in the recovery group here at Fellowship Baptist, find out what it is they need. How can they, what kind of help do they need? Or is there anybody on your job or anybody at your kid's school? Nowadays, kids are really going through with drug addiction. They tell me that heroin's becoming a big thing now. And so what we, I, I, I love this church. I do. I, I, I came to the... Um, what is it, the, the vacation Bible school y'all had? Man, I ain't seen so many people in a long time. So I know that this church is one that is doing the work of God, but there are some of us individually that are not doing anything at all. And we have to pray, Lord, give me compassion. Give me a compassionate heart. Because if we don't have the compassion of Christ, we're not going to do anything at all. We're going to sit in there, I don't know if you've ever heard this term, and get fat as a tick. You ever heard that? You're sucking up so much word here that Pastor Tony and them are preaching, and all you're doing is sitting down on your do-nothing. He said, we come in to go out. We don't just come in to eat up all of this word. We come in and we go out to serve. And, and, and I was telling my wife, it's bad to be a servant when you're treated like one. It's, it's rough to be a servant when you're treated like one. And down at the ministry, I thank God for that ministry. We're into 15 years now, but it's not easy. There are days you want to quit. There are days you want to give up. So much going on in all of our neighborhoods that we got to get out of this color thing and we got to start getting in Christ, living, moving, and having our being. And say, God, wherever you want me to go, that's where I'm going to go. Whatever you want me to say, that's what I'm going to say. You got to quit being scared. God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And we got to say, God, here am I, send me, I'll go.